You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. can't see the thing around it. Okay. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Hand Me My Purse, the podcast. I am Mimi Walker, and I will be your forever host each and every single time you tune into this podcast. So go ahead and get comfortable. Get yourself a glass of your favorite beverage, whether that's alkaline water, red Kool-Aid, a hot cup of tea with honey, a glass of Cabernet Sauvignon, or Hennessy, and light yourself a candle, some incense, or burn some sage, and just get ready to chill out and have a good time. What's up, friends and kin? It is Mimi Walker, your resident Auntie Supreme here at Hand Me My Purse, the podcast. And today I'm drinking like a throw it together kind of drink. I have been doing some major cleaning and purging and cause spring is almost here. And I found a mini of black raspberry Ciroc. I don't even think they make that anymore, but I wouldn't even know because I don't really drink Ciroc that often. I just think I like the bottle. Anyway, let me not even play around. I don't drink Ciroc at all. Um, if I don't have any choice or if that's all that they have, which is not having a choice. I always have a choice. I could choose not to drink, but I'm not going to do that. Um, I threw it together with some grapefruit bubbly. You know, I always keep bubbly on deck and a squeeze of lemon juice. And it was quite tasty and it got me really tipsy. And it's funny, I was talking to a friend of mine and I was telling him about my drink and I was like, doesn't that sound classy? And he was like, um, anything with Ciroc in it? Does not sound classy. And I was like, that's rude. But, you know, touche, you win. Anyway, that's my throw together drink for today. We have a 
very interesting show today. Uh, it's good. It's it's a good show. It's a really good show. And um, I hope you guys enjoy it. Sit back, relax, and let yourself go. Don't sweat what you heard. Just act like you know. If you know that song lyric, you are from my planet. So friends and kin, for today's jam, I chose uh, Young, Gifted, and Black, but the Aretha Franklin version. Here's why. Because Aretha Franklin. That's all I got. Um, Nina Simone did a version. Donny Hathaway did a version. Donny Hathaway's version is amazing. So many people have remade this song, but, you know, there's nothing like Aretha Franklin's version. Uh, to me, I, I just love Aretha Franklin. I always have. I think that she is a very um, complex. She was a very complex woman, and I I love that about her. I love that about her. Anyway, her story is amazing. Um, she was definitely an overcomer, a survivor, and, you know, just a badass chick. I love her. And, you know, like she could sing her way out of a steel cage. And quite frankly, nobody's doing anything with 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 any version of Young, Gifted and Black to me. This is my opinion. Her version is top notch. It is number one in my book. I found a cover, a young lady. Her name is Cecily. And on YouTube, her name is Cecily Music. And she actually did a mashup of Aretha Franklin's version and Nina Simone's version. So check her out. Of course, it's in the show notes. I hope you enjoy. Now let's get into the show. So friends and kin, we are here today with um, a very, 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 very good friend of mine and her husband, who is now a friend of mine, because if he's a friend of hers, he's a friend of mine. My friend Tanisha Austin and her husband, Paul Austin, and they are... Uh, an amazing black couple that live in the Bay Area of California. I think that's the only Bay Area, but maybe not because never mind. Um, and they have a story to tell. They're it's like Biggie. They got a story to tell, and they have a story that uh, has gained a lot of traction in the nation over the past like month, and over the past month. And um, it is a story that I think people should know about. So if somehow you miss the story, I'm, I want to make sure everybody knows about it because it's not the first time that this has happened. It's not even the first time that it has happened from like start to finish, but it's a story that needs to be told. And uh, this is the first part of a two-part series on housing inequity. 
uh, for black people. And of course, black and brown people, but I am talking about black people, but brown people, y'all can get in on this because whether y'all want to admit it or not, y'all black too. So Tanisha and Paul, I want you to introduce yourselves. Uh, I have known before they do. I have known Tanisha since I was 12 years old. We are, we go back, back to um, smelling yourself and you smell like piss. We go back, we go back to not even knowing how amazing we are when we were young, very young and amazing, right? Um, So tell the people who you guys are. Hi, thank you for having us on the show. I'm Tanisha Tate-Austin. Um, uh, I am a principal of a middle school here in the Bay Area um, and very happy to be on a show with one of my uh, oldest friends. Um, wow. Person that I care deeply about. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm Paul Austin. I'm her sidekick. Uh, <laughs> I, run a, I run a nonprofit here in Marin City called Play Moran. It's all about closing the activity gap. Okay, that's awesome. Okay, so you guys are, are a great match. In addition to aesthetically, they look amazing together. Like they're the kind of black couple where you look at them, you'd be like, damn, I wish I had a boyfriend so I could get married so I could look cool like they do. So I could look happy like that. And I don't even think it's fake. I think it is dirty <laughs> authentic. Like I believe, you know how you can look at some couples and it's like, they are faking jacks all day long. I look at y'all and I be like, they happy in real life. Because Tanisha's not really good with pretending. You know me. Yes. At all. She's not good with that. So, um, Paul, I want you to tell me, Tanisha, I know Tanisha because I grew up in L.A. And we went to school together. Tanisha is from L.A. And, Paul, you are from the Bay Area, right? Yeah, I'm from the Bay Area. I'm from Moran City, uh, specifically. So, Marin City was birthed out of uh, 19 in 1942 out of the war, World War II. Um, it was part of what, what we call the uh, the second migration where folks. It was the first migration. First migration. Well, folks moved from the south to go work in the shipyards. Okay. Uh, they built they built wartime ships right here in Sausalito. Um, but what ended up happening is black folks end up settling right here in Marin City after the war due to redlining. Black folks wasn't able to buy homes outside of Marin City. So this was government property, um, and that's how the birth of Marin City happened. Um, what are we known for? Not much. Yeah, because yeah, I, two- I never heard about Marin. When Tanisha told me she was in Marin County or city, I was like, um, yeah, run that back. Where's that, sis? <laughs> Where's that in 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 reference to uh, San Francisco? Oh, we right across the Golden Gate Bridge, like literally five minutes on the other side of the Golden Gate Bridge. Mm-hmm. Where, um Marin County is, is probably the wealthiest county in California. Oh, wow. But, but we also have pockets of uh, under underserved folks, underserved communities. Mm-hmm. So we're one of those two communities mm-hmm. where uh, the median income here in Marin City is like $40,000, mm-hmm. where the rest of the median income throughout the county is like 150000 Oh, wow. So okay. it's, it's a huge disparity. Um, That's pretty broad. Yes. From 40 to 150. Yeah. Yeah. That's a gap. It's like three times the, uh, the amount. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And so you said something about Tupac. That's what y'all are famous for. Pretty much Tupac used to live here. He, uh, we're raised here. And so before he, he got big and, you know, um, we still have relationships. So 
still in good relationship with his sister, who's who's the only person alive right now. Mm-hmm. He's around city often, well, a lot. Um, so yeah, so you know, it, it, once people, once you hear about Moran City, that's part of the story. Well, that's a that's a good thing because you know what we share something in common because Tupac also lived in Baltimore and he graduated from high school here. He went to the Baltimore School for the Arts where he studied in theater. Yeah, which yeah. would explain how he was able to have so many different personalities. <laughs> so young too. That's yeah. Funny. That's brilliance. Like, I'm not even, like, trying to make fun of him. Like, it's the same thing with, like, Nicki Minaj. People are like, oh, she's so hard. And she, no, she's an actress. And apparently she's a good one because you are believing everything that she's selling. Anyway, I digress, which I do a lot. I have ADHD. Well, not the H anymore, but I I got ADD, so I'm all over the place. So I want uh, Tanisha and Paul to tell you guys uh, about what happened to them recently. And if you could tell me like when it happened, like the date, when did this happen? It actually happened. Um, this was pre COVID. So, Oh, Oh, yes. this happened a long time ago. Not a long time ago. It was, a, it year. was a year. So, okay. uh, um, last January, I don't know if it was the same in Baltimore, but here in California, I think it was federally, I mean, um, nationally, there was an opportunity for really, really low, interest rates for your house. Okay. And so we were in the process of a remodel. Um, and so we wanted to pull some, um, some money out to, to help um, complete the finishes on our house. Yeah. Um, and we wanted to um, capitalize on this low interest rate. So we got our house. Uh, we needed to get it appraised. We, 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 we financed it. So we needed to get it appraised. So, um, so I had been paying attention to the market here in Marin City because it's important to me to know the value of our home. Um, and also because as a Black couple, like our house is pretty much our number one asset. And so right. we, we pull money out of it all the time. Um, we, we refinance all the time, I should say. Because um, we've, had, we've had to do that in order to be able to make the um, upgrades that we wanted to make. So um, we um, we got the house appraised and I wasn't here because I was at work. Paul was, was here. here at the house and um, maybe you can tell what happened. Yeah. So we got our house appraised. Um, older white lady come to the door. Right. And, and this was after our second remodel. So we did an additional 1300 square feet um, build out to our home. Right. Okay. So we was excited. Right. Okay. Um, but older white lady comes, she introduces herself and she's like, you know, I've been an appraiser for like 30 years here in this county, which probably at that time, you know, in retrospect, was probably like a red flag. Right. Uh, right. Um, because I, I know how this county works. Because you're um, from there, right? I'm from here. And it's so white. And, you know, so they, they white. So white. And they look at Moran City differently mm-hmm. um, because it used to be predominantly black. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so she come, but she was actually she was like, very much complimentary mm-hmm. of everything we've done in a house. Um, we added like double doors. I mean, we added these uh, these collapsible doors to our to our deck where we got a beautiful view. And Tanisha showed me the view. It is hella nice. So Tanisha and Paul, I want you guys to tell me lay out for the people like value. If you're okay with doing it in terms of numbers, so that people understand um, 
everything that's been put into this house. You guys talked about doing a lot of remodeling and I know it looks amazing because Tanisha has impeccable taste. So I know she went all, I'm sure you do Paul, because I didn't look at, I didn't look at your outfits and size them up too in the pictures. <laughs> I know she ain't going to have you out here looking like a bum and she out here looking like a million bucks, but I want to know like when you bought the house from the time you bought the house to um, the time of appraisal, all the work that you have put into it, and then I want you to share what you were expecting uh, when the nice young white lady came out and did the appraisal. Yeah. So I would say um, that shout out to Miss Judy. Miss Judy is uh, the woman who sold us the house. Okay. So, shout out um, to you, Miss Judy. Yeah. So Miss Judy, um, she, her, this was her family home that oh, she nice. grew up in. Oh, nice. um, and so uh, the pole homes that we live in um, were, um, black people in the sixties had to fight for housing in Immerin city. And these were the homes that they were given. What's and a so, pole? Is it pole P O L E? Yes. So there's a pole home for people who don't know. Yeah. So they're on poles. They're literally on poles, but yeah, that's right. a distinctive um, feature of all the homes around here. Okay. And it was similar to like a suburban, you know, a suburban home where you have like four different styles, four models. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are four models. I think there are like four models of homes yeah. here. And Pre- prefab homes, essentially. Okay. And, yeah. and they have, um, they all have a door. Like there are certain distinct factors of it. They all have a front door and they have a back door that's off the kitchen. Okay. No matter how of the home, there's always a back door that's in the, in the kitchen. Okay. And so there were three bedrooms, four bedrooms. And then yeah. there were like these um, upstairs, downstairs ones. And ours was a four bedroom. Okay. And so um, I met Miss Judy and she wanted to sell the house. She sold it to us off market because mm-hmm. um, um, she wanted to sell it to a, a, a black family. So I think yeah. we made a connection. And again, shout out to Miss Judy. So I'm assuming Miss Judy is a sister. Oh, yes. yes. Okay. Shout out to Miss Judy. We like yeah. her. She's somebody's yeah. auntie and we love aunties around here. She yes. might be y'all auntie by now. She is our auntie. Yeah, like, I we figured. Keep, Keep, we keep um, in contact with Ms. Judy. And so she's seen the progress that we've made in the house. And she and what makes me the most happy is that she's pleased with what we've done to the house. Good, good. Yeah. That's so, important. Yeah. Because a so, lot of times we don't be caring about um, that kind of stuff. It's important to make sure that you take care of something that her family has bled and sweat and cried over making, you know, something beautiful and not I, just taking it and not taking into consideration how she feels about it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, she told us that we needed to keep the um the apple tree <laughs> one year. For one year. And so that's that's what we did. We made sure okay. that we kept that apple tree for a year. Um it's now gone, but she okay. was she was okay <laughs> that let me just be real clear, it's gone now, but I did honor her wishes. <laughs> I did, I did. Um, so as far as upgrades, um um we we put a significant amount of money into the upgrades. We we did we gutted the kitchen. We gutted both bathrooms. I made one of the bathrooms um, larger. Um, we collapsed two bedrooms into one um, to our master suite because um, that sounds like it's a suite if it's two. Yeah. We um, we expanded my son's bedroom because it was you know older house so small bedrooms. Small, yeah. Um, and that was around. We did we did we did all that and then. Um, the next phase of it, uh, we then added like additional square footage. So we added a living room downstairs. 
Okay. We added stairs. The entryway used to be um, upstairs. upstairs. And so now the entryway is downstairs. So we added stairs. Um, we added a deck. Um, and a one-bedroom rental unit. Yes. So oh, okay. So y'all, so wait a minute. Shout out to Miss Judy, but y'all done built a whole new house inside of Miss Judy and them house. <laughs> yes. Essentially, did. yes. Okay. Okay. And I've seen it like when I've been on FaceTime with you, and it's really, really nice. I can't wait to come. I hope I can just stay in the rental unit. Well, true, true. Okay. All right. Don't so, say yeah. that because I f- f- fuck around and move out there and be like, can I rent <laughs> can I rent a, a rental for like a year? Well, th- I mean, that's an option though, right? Like that's yeah. the option. And that's the whole thing is that um us doing all this work, we want to make sure that number one, the home was comfortable for us. Mm-hmm. We also want to add value to our yeah. lives for kids' sake. We also add value to the, to our entire community, mm-hmm. right? Like, we know we upgrade our home. We expect for the rest of the homes in the area to also property value to go up. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. So we put in, you know, since we got here, about $400,000. Okay. Um, and so our expectation when, when, when the white lady came to give us our appraisal, we expected to get like 1.4. Okay. Right? 1. okay. 5. That was our expectation. For you who don't understand 1.4 million or 1.5 million is what he's saying. Sometimes I got to help my listeners because, you know, everybody ain't on the same processing page. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But we, but we was, we, we, we got, we got slapped in the face really quickly. Once Tell the, me uh, about when um the nice little white lady came. Well, she came, um, I was the one that was here. So, mm-hmm. you know, she is greeted by, uh, you know, this six foot one, um, handsome black man. Handsome, you know? charming black man. Yes, and I had okay. to charm on. I, I was on full throttle that day. Right. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, I mean, we're in conversation. She's complimenting our home about everything that we've done and, and the view and what we did with the deck. And so I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I felt like it was we've good. We finna come up. Yes, Miss Sarah is about to give us 1.6. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Miss Sarah, yeah. you smiling at her. You showing he got nice teeth. You showing your teeth. You know, line, right? You got to um, do what you got to do when you're dealing with people. Exactly, right? You want to be kind. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up here in the, in the in the Bay, especially here in Marin City, you re- you know how to code switch, right? So you know how to turn it on, turn it off, be able to be relatable to any any type of person, no matter right. where they come from or whatever. Um. So yeah, she left. Talked to T. I was like, hey, I I I think we I think it sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty promising. He called you like, babe, nailed it. Right, yeah. <laughs> so I have a question. How old do you think this nice young lady was? I think she was like, her, I think she was probably about 70. Oh, at she least, was, uh, oh, she was uh, geriatric. Yeah, at least yeah. high six, right? She she yeah. told me she has been, a you know, an appraiser for like 30 plus years. Mm-hmm. So she's been in the business for a very long time. You know, uh, she could be like 57, right? Because sometimes you just don't know because it looked different. If she's been doing it for 30 years, she could have started doing it when she was like 21, like fresh out of college. Because, you know, sometimes with some people, you never really know how old they are because, you know, it's California. Different people age differently. So she could have been 56. But you saying you're going to stick with 70. Let's just go with 65. Yeah, let's let, yeah, let's meet let's at 65. 65. No problem. So, yeah. So, you know, um, I just thought that we made a connection. Right. I felt like. It went really well. She left the house. Um, but little did we know until our comps, until the actual paperwork came back, that um, 
that she appraised our house for underneath a million dollars for like nine, eight. And we knew our home was worth way more than that. So she appraised us for nine hundred and eighty nine thousand. Mm-hmm. We had gotten an appraisal uh, two years previous, two years prior that was at eight sixty two. And that was before we added the additional square footage. Okay. And we were expecting, um, we were expecting 1.4 mm-hmm. um, because I've been paying attention to the market. I have been paying attention to the comp. So I knew that um, uh, that a house sold on the other side for 1.2. I knew that another house sold for 1.7. And I knew that another house that sold for 1.1. And it was comparable to the, your square footage and your upgrades? Yeah. Well, so the one. 1.2 was actually uh, smaller than our house. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, after we added the additional um, square, the square footage. footage. But mind you, these are all homes that were sold and bought by white families. Okay. And so there is a, there's a clear distinction in our community around the the value of the home when it is owned by a black family. Yep. And the value when it's owned by a white family. And there are multiple um, reasons for that. Like a lot of times the, the houses in our community, you know, like I said, they were, uh, uh, they were bought and built in the sixties. And so the original family still live in them. Yeah. And so they haven't had the money to upkeep them and to take care of them. And we know all of the reasons why that has happened. Yeah. Um, and so that, that makes the value less. But also, too, there's a perception that if you are white, then anything you own is more valuable. Absolutely. Absolutely. From lip injections, from having big lips. Yeah. No, like, let's be serious. I had big lips all my life and I got made fun of them. Yes. Now, white ladies have big lips and it is so sexy. It's so exotic. It wasn't exotic when my fat ass had big lips. No, it was just big black lips. Okay. It wasn't okay. <laughs> all the way down to cars, clothing, housing. Like that is just, that is the American way. And I was talking to someone, actually the young lady that I'm going to have on the next part of the series. And, you know, people talk about racism so much in America. And I mean, of course we do because racism is intertwined in that flag. Like it's, it's a part of, the foundation of absolute country as we know it, right? The the colonized um, portion of this country or from colonization on. But what I don't think people really think about, and not just in this country, I'm just talking about globally, people don't stop and think about the real, like the real devil is capitalism. Because ca- racism is the 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 hell child of capitalism because money drives people to want to oppress other people. People, you know, it's not, you know, and I I don't want people to misconstrue what I'm saying. I'm not saying that racism isn't a thing or it's not valid or, you know, cause I'm the wrong sister or the wrong human to even play that game with. But the truth of the matter is that it's all about the, the real issue with color comes around the color green. Mm-hmm. Because anytime you would take those people, I think that it just happened to be, you know, Africans. I mean, they were strategic, but when it when you look around and you see like how can we capitalize on taking humans and using them as property to make more money, yeah, 
Like we just, we, we got dealt a raw ass hand, but if Africa and Asia were swapped, if Asia was where Africa is, they would have took Asians. Mm-hmm. If yeah. it was Australia, they would have took the, the original people of, of Melanesia or of that area. They would have yeah. took them, or if it was Russia, I don't know, Russians are very thugged out on death row. They yeah. might not have let that go down, but I'm saying like, but it was us. And so because it was us, they have rode this out, right? And turned it, they have constructed a whole, not even a narrative, a whole world around it. But I'm at like- the root of racism, capitalism, and, and, and there's capitalism. And capitalism has been around long before racism even existed. Long That's exactly before. Right. That's exactly right. You know, Tony Hesse Coast talks about that. Shout out to Baltimore. He's from Baltimore. I met his dad a couple times. Yeah. Um, he talks about the people who believe themselves to be white, right? Like it, how race is socially constructed. Whoa. Listen. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what you're saying is absolutely valid. And I think our experience kind of speaks to the, you know, the capitalism and the social construction around race and the value that's assigned um, based off of your race or your perceived race. Right. In America. Right. No, I mean, because that's like, that's, that is totally true. You know, we experienced a piece of that, just a little, just a little glimpse with the way that our appraiser um, looked at our community and dealt with us. As Let's a give her a name. Can I give her a name? I would like to call her Miss Mary Matt. Miss Mary Matt. Miss Mary Matt. Yeah, Miss Mary Matt. All right, Miss Mary Matt. Yep. So I don't know. Ask Paul. Did she have on black, Paul? No, she didn't have on black. You know, she had okay. on like some, some flowers or something. Yeah, she was floral. She was floral. Yeah. <laughs> with silver buttons all down her back. I was trying to remember the song. That's how you know I'm old because it took that long for me to. Re- what What happened? What did Miss Mary Matter? So anyway, okay, so. The unfortunate part is that, you know, even like you two are very successful, you know, young. I was joking about not being young because we are still young, but two very successful young black people in the community. You have beautiful children. You have put all this time and effort into creating a beautiful home and a beautiful life for yourself. And the unfortunate part is that you are still not worthy in the eyes Mm. of white America to have the same thing. Like, how dare you, hold on, how dare you even think that you are worthy of having the same shit I got? Like, I'm going to give you something. Now, I don't let you come here. You go to school. I let you buy a house around here. Okay. I don't let you get a house around here. You get degrees. Your kids are okay. It's good. How dare you want the same stuff I got? That ain't how I work here in America. So what do you want? You I almost said something. Yeah. Blacks are never satisfied. So now on, on a devalue. Right. Life. So, and we were angry. So that's my next question was, how did it make you feel when you got the appraisal back? Oh, no, angry. I was upset. And, you know, my thinking is like, all right, well, what can I do? I'm not, I'm not dealing with this. I'm not going to allow this to happen. I know what the comps are. Yeah. So when you say comps, tell the people what comps are. I know what the other houses sold for in our, our neighborhood. Okay. Because I have been paying attention to the market, like I mentioned. And so I'm like, hell no, this is this is not okay. And so I immediately um got in contact with our broker and I was like, I'm uncomfortable with the appraisal. Well, he actually he sent he sent us an email saying it came in lower than um 
than what we were hoping for because we had we actually had gotten a, an appraisal just a year prior um, from a um, a young a young Asian gentleman. Yeah, shout who, out to the young Asian gentleman that came out. Uh, he wasn't he wasn't from Marin County. He came from like the East Bay, okay. and he came over and he appraised our house for one point four. And wow. that was that was before we did the upgrades. Yes. And the reason why that's the case is because um, the comps that he used were Sausalito comps. And this is where it gets deep. Yeah. Marin City is right adjacent to Sausalito. Okay. But our our houses are valued at 50 percent less than mm-hmm. the houses in Sausalito. Is it because. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I believe it's because. Um, no, no, mind you, Sausalito has some beautiful homes. Um, but I believe it's steeped in racism mm-hmm. and it's steeped in Marin City being historically African. Historically black. Okay. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Absolutely. So he did the comps and he was like, these are comps. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't like, oh, this is Marin City and this is Sausalito. Mm-hmm. He was like, a three bedroom, two bathroom. It's It goes for this. That's how much your house is worth. And that's what needs to happen. So I have a question. You mentioned earlier that you had an appraiser come before you did. I'm I'm a little bit confused. You said the young Asian man came before you did because you have done so much rework. You said that one person came and gave you uh, an appraisal for like eight something. Yeah. Right? So that was before this specify like that was before what? Re- I'll go in chronological order because okay. I, I, yeah. I did. I apologize. So. We in 2018, we had someone. This is before the the addition of the square footage. We had someone come out and appraise us for 862. Okay, this is before you did any remodeling. Well, no. When we first moved in, we did the bathrooms and the kitchen upstairs. The kitchen. Okay, we, we did that right away. Okay. Okay. Um, then in 2018, again, before we add the addition of square footage and the bathroom and the um and the in the, the apartment, yeah. um, someone came, 862. Then in 2019, we were refinancing because we wanted to take money out to, to, to do the addition. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the Asian gentleman came and he gave us 1.4. Got That's- it. Now, the, yeah. I just wanted to make sure everybody was following the timeline because I don't yeah. want people to get nothing fucked up, understand what's happening over here. Got it. Yeah. So, so he we'll- came and approved for 1.4 before you even added the extra square footage. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And to me, I was like, that made sense because mm-hmm. the house that sold for 1.2 didn't um, didn't have the upgrades that our house had. And it was a three bedroom, two bathroom. The bathroom didn't look like our bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have a like the bathroom is pretty sweet. Um, yeah. So it. <laughs> so I knew I knew that we were like 1.4, 1.2. Right. So then in 2020, when we were doing Miss Mary Matt, don't yes. forget her name. Miss Mary Matt comes. And she comes in at nine eighty nine. That's like an unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yeah. That's a that's that's the perfect word. That's unacceptable. Perfect no. word. No. Yeah. You you're not giving me. You know the. I love a good analogy. That's like me. You invite me to a dinner party, and it is um, black tie, and I come in with this beautiful Chanel gown, right, and a pair of Chuck Taylors, and you give everybody else filet mignon, caviar, and uh, grilled lobster tail and you give me oodles and noodles with tuna fish on top of it no yeah, yeah that ain't happening no i will no. flip the whole fucking table over ain't nobody eating lobster and steak tonight <laughs> none of y'all eating it today give you a jailhouse spread or something yeah you give me a, a hookup 
And shout out to the people who know what a hookup is. Does that mean you got somebody in your family that been to jail or you been to jail? Yeah. <laughs> I have not been to jail, but I know people that have. If you don't know who what a hookup is, I'm tell you real quick. It's oodles and noodles with tuna fish, hot sauce, and I think they put a, a boiled egg in it or something. That's what that's what we yeah. call a spread. Oh, y'all call it a spread. Yeah. See, in Baltimore, it's called a hookup. Hookup. Yeah. Here's what I don't understand. Like, I know this is a sidebar. How come when they get out of jail, they still eat it though? Like you ain't got to live like this no more. It's like, it's like, you know, we don't got to eat chitlins no more. Our ancestors ate chitlins and hog maws and tripe and, you know, tore the pig down, whatever they could get. Don't let them get their hand on a cow, but like they, they tore a pig down. And that's, I do know tripe came from a cow. I'm sorry. Cause somebody's going to say, that's not from a pig, but the hoof, the hoof or the hooves, the ears, the tail, we ate the hell out of a pig. We ain't got to do that no more. Like, if you want a, a chop, a pork chop, I support a pork chop. Bacon, I support bacon. I support ham. But we don't got to eat pig knuckles no more. <laughs> Let's stop. Because my ancestors didn't die of hypertension for me to still be, for us to still be dying of hypertension behind eating pig knuckles. That's all I wanted to say. I know that don't have nothing to do with housing, but it does have something to do with inequity. Just saying. And a mindset. Wait a minute. And a mindset of inequity. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because I mean, we gotta be because basically, because I'm about to tie this together because I'm smart. Because basically, if you still had that hog maw chilling hookup spread mindset, you'd have been like, okay, I'm gonna take this. No, the fuck, I'm not gonna take this because I know that I don't deserve this because I worked hard to make sure that I got what the young Asian brother came in and said I was gonna get. And then Miss Mary Mack gonna come here and give me an appraisal for a hundred thousand dollars more than the appraisal I got five years ago. Yeah, five hundred. No, I mean it's only a hundred thousand more from the eight hundred thousand that you got before you added the square footage and did all the upgrades. Yeah, ma'am, and I know all of those cost more than a hundred thousand dollars. Kick rocks with no shoes, Miss Mary Matt. Well, but let's even talk about like price per square footage. If we're adding additional square footage, Mm -hmm. if you take that amount, it should have been doubled. Right, like if you, we pretty much. Double the the Square footprint, footage, the yeah. footprint of our home. Right. So the value that we got in 2018 should have been double. Right. And that's how we was feeling. So, you know, of course, my baby, she's very well written. She can yeah, write. Don't play with her. Don't play with her. Don't don't play with South Central. Okay. You don't want to play with South Central LA. Everybody thinks it's a joke. People laugh. It's funny. Ha ha ha. Don't play with South Central. And she's smart. And she might be affiliated with something. Don't play with her. Because she's a threat. It's a threat. When you meet several different levels. Yeah. It's a threat. When you meet black, this is real. When you meet black people, but particularly black women that understand the the system from different perspectives it's a problem it's yeah. a problem don't play with her yeah. and then what happened who did you call so i i emailed the broker i was like hell no this is absolutely not gonna happen right i'm uncomfortable with the language she used in the um in the appraisal okay tell me about the language she used yeah so she so she um i don't like miss mary mac go ahead i'm already mad and i'm I'm mad because this part is about to piss me off yeah yeah yeah, Yeah, so it's interesting right because people are expecting um you know people 
racism is very covert now, right? So it's, she's not going to say, you know, these little Negroes live in the house, right? She's not going to mm-hmm. say that. Right. But what she did say was like, so she had some comps in Sausalito, like I mentioned earlier, which is adjacent to us. Mm-hmm. But she did an addendum to the report to explain why our house should, so low. should be, yes. yes, should be valued less than the comps in Sausalito because although our lot square footage, which is like 10,000 square feet is larger than the one in Sausalito, but, but because we were on a slope, mm-hmm. um, it was the value less. So she took money away from our, our lot. So if you, if you are from the Bay, then, I mean, if you're from around here, everything is on the slope. Yeah. I mean, just period, just driving through San Francisco, being yes. in San Francisco, your head hurts, your ears are popping. Everything <laughs> is a slope. It's a slopey ass area. It's yes. slopey, right? Yeah. Then she proceeds to say that um, Marin City it has distinct marketability. So we know that's code language for only certain people want to buy there. Yeah. I was about to say only Blacks. Yes. Yeah. It's for the Blacks. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. And, and let's call that out, right? Like, right. And you so better. You're expecting, like... We've we've been in conversation around this, and it's so hard to prove that she was being racist. But you know what you feel. You know what you know. Yeah. You know you lived experience. Yeah. And I also believe that you know the older I get, and the more I tap into like a connection, like with my own spirit and with my ancestors, like mm-hmm. shit like this, like your ancestors is like, yeah, no, nah, son, this ain't right. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I may not. You may not have known that's what it was, but they were like, this ain't right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we caught it. You know what I mean? And and the thing about the appraisal process is you don't always win your uh, uh your fight or if you if you want to request a second um appraiser to come out. So mm-hmm. we was over here nervous a couple of weeks, not knowing what was gonna happen. Um, but thankfully another appraiser um got assigned to come out. But within that time frame, my wife and Jan McDougal, one of our good friends. Jan McDougal. Shout out to Jan McDougal. Yes. Thank yes. you, Jan McDougal, for having my friends back because yes. I don't have the right connection, complexion for the connection, and nobody <laughs> that I know in the Bay Area does. <laughs> okay. But that's the beautiful thing about, like, you know, white allyship and white friendship mm-hmm. is that they're comfortable having the conversation around race, right? And then also point things out when they messed up and be like, okay. What can what can I do to help? So it's funny you bring that up because, you know, after last year um, with uh, the situation with Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and particularly George Floyd, for the first time in my life, I saw um, white people uncomfortable with racism in America for the first time in my life. And not just one or two of them, like collectively, quite a few of them were shaken up because there was no way to, like you couldn't avoid this one. Like there was no way to tuck this one under the rug because there's a video of a white police officer with his knee on a black man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds until he lost his breath while he's crying for his mother. There's no way to get around this. And quite frankly, we was we was we was a different kind of mad at that point. So I think some of the discomfort also came from fear, like, oh shit, what are they finna do? Right? Yeah. 
And so I had like some white, like I, I grew up in LA and versus like growing up in Baltimore and I have white friends and I have white friends that I even have met, you know, as an adult. Um, and I had some of them, some from high school and, um, a couple that are my friends as adult, adult, as an adult, excuse me. And they were like, you know, what can I do? And like, they were distraught and I had to let them know, like, I don't really know. Yeah. To tell you, cause I'm too busy over here being black. Yeah. It's trying to make sure that nobody puts their knee on my neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds, making sure nobody puts their knee on any of the men or women that I love and that I know, and just trying to like, swallow all of this down myself and see like how I feel, what I, what I, what do I want to do? How can I do it? What's next steps for me? I cannot do this for you. So I told one of my very good friends and quite frankly, I trust her more than I trust some of my black friends. If I could be quite frank, Mm -hmm. I told her, I said, you know, I said, I don't really know what to tell you. I said, the only thing I can tell you is that I'm not looking for an, I don't use that word ally because I'm not looking for an ally. I said, I just need you to be a good human. I said, be a good human. I said, be a good person and be my friend. I said, so that means that in very uncomfortable situations, you need to call your people out because there's some foul shit going on. And she's from the Midwest. I said, and I know it's people in your circle that say some off-putting things. She's like, there are. And she said, you know, and I call them out on it, quite frankly, often. And it makes them uncomfortable and it makes me uncomfortable, but I still do it. I said, you got to keep doing it. I said, and secondly, I said, raise your children to not be racist assholes. That's most important because one day we're going to be dead and gone. You got to raise children to not be racist pigs so that they can carry on the legacy so that at some point, prayerfully, this can dissipate. I don't mean any harm. Like, I'm not a negative person, but I don't really see this changing much because it's too, it's thick. It's thick. Like, the the hatred is so thick. It's pervasive, right? You know, racism is in the in the air that we breathe and yeah. you know mm-hmm. and back from the capitalism so we have to be strategic about how we um dismantle it we have to right. think about it in so many different systems in the school system um we have to think about it in um housing we have to think about it in uh policing everything we have to think about it in all Workforce. those systems. yeah all the absolutely systems. absolutely and I mean, I think, you know, connecting Jan McDougal to your friend, Jan is also from the Midwest. Mm. And um, and so we we talk a lot about like, you know, and quite frankly, she is the type that will uh, make sure that she's calling people to register to vote. And mm-hmm. she's she's texting her people in the Midwest and saying you need to vote for uh, this person versus that person. Right. Like she's putting in the work. Um, That's what's and- important. Yeah. yeah. And I, I appreciate that about, about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what's also really important is that she's not doing it for performance because there also there, I don't believe that she is. And you know how I know she didn't because see, there's a thing about that. I understand about white people, right? What she did was a complete, um, and, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, is the end of the word is L-E-S-S less. It was a selfless, selfless. Thank you, Paul. It was a selfless act of like love and kindness because for her to put herself on the line like this, like when people are really down for you, it don't matter what color they are. When people are down for you, they're going to ride for you. Right. 
that's a, she's a writer. You know what I mean? Or like a freedom writer or an abolitionist. She's down. And I think that um, out of the whole thing last year, there was a lot of performance activism on the part of black people and a part of white people. Like people wanted to be on TV and on Instagram. I talked about this in an episode, I want to say episode 20, 21, no 20. I don't know, the one about uh, the Freddie Gray riots. I talked about performance activism and I felt like a lot of white people were contacting me like, what can I do? Sis, figure that out on your own. That's not my job. And because she stood up and she did that for you, that's not performance. That's like, okay, let's, let's tackle this together. Absolutely. And let's think about the timeline. This was before... George Floyd. absolutely it's not right. performance this, yeah. is, this is what this is what she does and mm-hmm. it's not the first time she has been we we've tested out something okay like, so this so you what, over there pinky in the brain in it out <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah that's exactly I, I like that I like but that I know you know we we have a couple of uh you know a plethora actually of white families and friends here but I knew who I can call on I knew I can right. call on McDougal, I was like, who can be here? Jan's going to be down for this. Let me call her and ask her to be me. So getting back to the story. Yeah. Um, we, I'm, we finally uh, get approved because you have to get approved for a second appraisal. For right. a second appraisal because they do not have to approve you. Okay. So we're all stressed the hell out. Yes. And thinking about all the traumas that we're dealing with on a day to day, this is just another tax of being black in America, right? Yep despite all the degrees, despite all the education or whatever, we're just, we're still black in America. Yep. And so, um, I'm like, okay, we got a second appraisal. I can't, I can't risk this. I cannot risk, like, that's how important it was. I cannot risk having a low appraisal. Yeah. So we need to try something. So we took all of our pictures off the walls I mean, all of our art, which depict black faces, yeah. obviously. Um, and then uh, Jan came over and she bought a picture of one single picture of her husband and her, her son and walking on the beach. Mm-hmm. And she was sitting at the table. She That's good. Sitting. The yeah. walking on the beach is good. <laughs> That's good. Shout out to Jan McDougal one more time. And shout out to you. Because this is some strategic shit. Absolutely. It's almost diabolical and I love it. Tell you, so, South Central, go ahead. So Dan McDougal's sitting at the at the table uh with the deck doors open, working, working from home because you know she works from home mm-hmm. and uh she's talking about uh the view. And um interesting enough that you know, Jan couldn't explain much of like, you know, anything about the house because <laughs> yeah. she wasn't Tanisha. No. Um, <laughs> you know, the fact that Jan important? McDougal was Tanisha is funny to me as well. Because I'm like, absolutely. Like, it ain't like your name is Katie or like <laughs> you could have pulled it off like and use my name, but use the incorrect pronunciation of my name. No. Yes. Tanisha. Uh-huh. Yes. Tanisha. I, I think, um, Yes. There, that's a whole other story, right? Yeah, it's okay. It worked. It worked. Yeah, and yeah. so Jan McDougal was was us, and she called me afterwards, and or was me, and she called me afterwards. She was like, "I think it went well." She was like, "I mentioned the um the one point two house and the one point seven house. Mm-hmm. That's you know, I pointed to like where they are because mm-hmm. I had given I had given her that information. She's like, "Well, let's see what happens." And so 
we wait like I think it was like a week or so. Mm-hmm. And nervous. then yeah, nervous and the appraiser comes back. What did the appraiser, what did the appraiser, who was the appraiser? Oh, what did uh, they look the, like a younger, oh, younger white woman. A younger white woman. So Miss yeah. Mary Max niece. I think the millennial. I, so I think the millennial. I the millennial niece. The, I think the interesting thing about it is that I actually think the second appraiser was valuing the home more so than Miss Mary Mack. I agree. Yes. Correctly. Like correctly. Like she she was was, doing her job. She was doing her job. She was looking at the comps. She was, um, she was doing what she should have done. Right. And I, I think that having Jan McDougall here helped the situation, but the, the culprit in this, in this case study is Miss Mary Mack. Miss Mary like, Mack ain't shit. So I'm gonna yeah. just say I don't care if she an old lady. She ain't shit. She wrong. Yeah. So she's wrong. she's wrong. And Miss Mary Mack's nieces and nephew probably think that she's a fine, fine person, right? Mm-hmm. There are fine people on both sides, is what you know <laughs> is what some might say. Yeah. Um, and and we know that fine people hurt people. Oh, absolutely. You you just pretty much stole five hundred thousand dollars from us. So I'm sorry, I cut you off. So the new appraiser, Miss Mary Max niece, millennial niece, she appraised the home for how much? One point four eight two, so one million four hundred eighty-two thousand. Yeah. All right, and that's that was more. That is acceptable for you. That was yeah. acceptable because okay. I feel like the one point four we got previously um, was you know uh, generous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And and I feel like 1.42, it, it probably should have went for a little bit higher than that, but mm-hmm. I'll take it. Right. I'll take it. So Miss Mary Mack and the young Asian appraiser, they were both possibly um appraising from um a little bit of feeling and then, you know, I'm I, I and, and a little bit of work. She heard not so much, but he was probably like, these young black people, you know, they working hard. Let me, I'm gonna hook them up. I, I think that you, I think this is a, this is part of the problem with the appraisals, right? Like we have to look at the system mm-hmm. is that you're bringing your cultural perspective to the situation. You're bringing your implicit bias to the table. Cause mm-hmm. and here's no the thing, it's just like, it's just like the judicial system. Like, you know, they train judges and lawyers to, um, and supposedly police officers um, to not have any biases when they do their work, but a human being is a human being. Exactly. It's right. certain things. It's certain things that you cannot take out of my structural DNA. Tanisha, Paul, and I were having a sidebar conversation that you guys will not be privy to, but we were basically talking about reparations, um, which to me goes back to inequities or equity, right? And the unfortunate part is that we were talking about how, like Native Americans, although like the reparations that they have gotten, like they kind of suck, but you know, it's still. I mean, it's about the money. Don't ever get it fucked up. But it's still the principle that, you know, you're saying, okay, we wronged you here for us wronging you. So Jewish people um, have gotten, you know, reparations. None of these things take away from the fact that they have endured horrible, horrible conditions. And Paul brought up that, you know, different um, Asian ethnicities um, that were in concentration camps here in America, that were brought here to do work that they have gotten some reparations too. And I was going to say that I find it so interesting that, you know, there are no reparations for black Americans. Um, And not, 
I find that weird because we literally built this entire nation. When you talk about capitalism, when you think about cotton, when you think about how much money goes into how much money cotton, I mean, all you got to do is look around the room. Yeah, cotton. I'm not even going to go to tobacco also because that kills people. And like they making big time money on that from health, the healthcare industry, um, entertainment industry, you know, funeral industry, everybody. But the fact that we picked cotton all day long and y'all still make it, we not technically, uh, we're not slaves anymore. Yeah. Right. But you are still making money off of the blood and off of the back of our ancestors from hundreds of years ago. And y'all don't want to offer us anything. Y'all think that the crumbs that you give us when you say that we can go to your schools, right? That we can buy a house, not in your neighborhood, but we can buy a house or that you can have a house and it can be appraised, not for as much as my house that isn't even as nice as your house, but it will get appraised and you'll get a little bit of money and you should take that and you should be fine with it. That is, that makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah. Shut up, shut up and dribble. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Same. Yep. But the whole LeBron know, thing. Yep. Like, yeah. You know, you should just be happy with what you have. Yep. And take these crumbs. Course. It's always crumbs. But we was promised. That's the other part about it. Like we was promised 40 acres in a mule. Man, like, don't even get me started. I, I could do a lot with that. Yeah. And they never gave it to us. No. Well, think about the generational, like if if we were, if our ancestors were given, given those acres and it was valued properly and then the accumulation of the wealth. But that's at the, at the root of your story. That is the issue. Yes. yes. I'm going to make sure that y'all get a little bit of this pie. And when I say y'all, I'm talking black people. I'm talking Latino people. I'm talking Asian people. And the interesting, I'm talking immigrants. And the funny part to me is that all of these people want to be white folks so bad, right? We trying to get what they got so bad. And they're like, we're going to give you these little bit of crumbs, all of y'all. Let y'all fight amongst each other for the crumbs yeah. to see who is more important or more or who is the best in my eyes. Because, you know, all of you want to just be like me. Everybody wants to be like me. And how dare you not be satisfied? Like, I'm giving you a little bit like you can't. There's no way on earth that you can want what I got because you don't deserve what I have. I don't understand that. And I will never understand it. And think about it. You mentioned like the 40 acres of the mule and the mule. And let's say they had the 40 acres and they built it up and, you know, it was appraised properly. Our ancestors took whatever little pinchy money. I keep saying pinchy. If you're from California, you get it. Pinche is like Mexican slang for fucking, excuse me. So they took the little money that they had and they built wealth. Every time Black communities created a system or a situation where they were setting themselves and their descendants up for wealth, white mobs would come in and burn it down. Yes. Every time. Every time. Look it up. Google it if you don't believe me, people out there listening. They burn it down. Start with Black Wall Street. Go to Rosewood. They burn our shit down. Slocum. Yeah. I mean, you can go all across the country, East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, North, like it it is what happens. And so so that's the thing, right? Like, let's say we got it. Mm -hmm. Would we still have it? Because like what sort of 
what would have been strategically put in in the way to make sure that you know we weren't successful like what you know if we would have every every slave and their descendants if we would have gotten 40 acres mm-hmm. would we have been able to maintain it because what we're talking about is systematic racism because absolutely so we, so we have a home, but if the home isn't valued at what it should be valued at, then then ultimately you you can't you don't have the same amount of money you can to send your kids to college. That's right. There are implications for your house not being valued or appraised at the at what it should be appraised at. So we have to think about all of the ways that black people are taxed in this country. All of the ways. Ooh. Owe me back like you owe your rent. Owe me back like this money I lent. I'm gonna see if there's a cover of that because I would like for that to be my jam for this episode. Yes. Owe me back like you owe your tax. And we ain't even gonna get on taxes. I think taxes are a crock of poop. I think that they are horrible, but that's a whole nother story. We ain't gonna get there. So okay, so you get your appraisal for 1.4 and you guys feel yeah. and you guys feel good about it. Good. Yeah, we were like, whew. That was good, but still, even with that, because it was a month later, we still missed out on a lower interest rate. Yes. Wow. So So you missed the due date for the interest rate. So we still get played in the end. Yeah. Right. And we were just like, but at the same time, we was happy. It's like, all right, you know, we black folks, we we got over that hurdle. Mm -hmm. Let's keep on living our life. And that's essentially what we did um, until the brother Julian Glover saw um, saw a little clip in the article because here in Moran. I do do a little bit of protesting and whatnot. And I talk about the um, inequities here in Marin County. And, okay. you know, that I brought that up in a, in a story that got picked up just very smallly. Mm-hmm. Um, Julian reached out to us a couple of months ago. Like, hey, man, is this did this really happen to y'all? Mm-hmm. I want to come and do um, do a story. And then it went viral, viral, viral. And so the conversation is being had. And, you know, for us, it's, it's cool. Well, that's good. That's important. It's important that the conversation is had because people wouldn't know. And so the funny part is that my aunt told me about it um, on a Monday. Right. And she was like, man, this black couple is young, good looking black couple out in California. She gave me the whole rundown. And I was like, you know, sometimes when she's talking, I'm listening. Sometimes I'm just smiling and nodding um, because she looks and she reads all these articles and she just spews out everything she hears. Right. And so um, a couple of days later, Tanisha texted me, we were t- texting about something, you know, general. And she was like, have you seen this? And I looked at it and I was like, oh shit, this is what my aunt was telling me about three days ago. And so we started talking and she said to me, I didn't even bring it up. Cause I have this thing about not wanting to ask my friends to be on my show, like for any gain. I got issues with pride. I'm working on it. I know I'm working on it in therapy, but you know, I would not have said, oh, come on my show. I mean, it still ain't about that. You know, I want your story to be heard. And so she was like, since we're going on all these national mm-hmm. um, t- talk shows and giving this story to everybody, I might as well give it to, you know, my friend, one of her closest friends, actually. And I was like, absolutely. I said, come on. And then I was already in conversation with the young lady who will be on the episode that um, comes out with this episode, uh, who is doing like really amazing, like housing equity work here in Baltimore city. One thing that um, before we wrap up, cause I know that they have to go cause they have a very busy life out there in Marin County. I'm going to um, come visit you also. Cause I want to come see this house. I want to, I want to see the infamous house, but I want to know, I want you guys to share if you can, for people who feel like they may be in the same position or this may be happening to them, what can they do? 
So I think part of it is as much as as much as you can, and this is very hard, pay attention to the market in your neighborhood. Like, you know, okay. if a house is sold, go into realtor.com, look and see how much the house sold for. So you kind of know the comps. Like you don't have access to MLS, but we have access to you what's know, MLS? You speak in languages that I don't know. Well, MLS is the um it's the format uh like the mortgage lending. So they, okay. you know, it's what it's what brokers and real estate people have access to. Got it. We have access to that, mm-hmm. um, but we can see on Realtor.com like what a house sold for. Got so it. definitely look at Realtor.com and see what houses sold for in your community, so that you will know, like, okay, yeah. I'm expecting this amount of value for my home. Mm-hmm. Um, and make sure your pictures are like, you know. Like the number of bedrooms, like the the upgrades, the fixes, so you can kind of have a, a perspective on what your house should be appraising for. Right. Yeah. Um, do, do your homework. So basically, make sure you're armed with information. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. imagine how many people this probably happened to, but if they don't have the information, they just think, okay, well, they would have accepted nine, eight, and been okay with that. No. Yes, absolutely. Because I feel like if I had not known me. I had not known about those other houses, I would have probably accepted nine, eight. But but knowing about those other houses, I was like, no way. There's no way that my house should be less than that. No way. Absolutely. And then also, because we learned so much since this has happened to us, um, especially since the story has came out, Uh um, tap into like your uh, fair housing, like make a complaint with them also. Yeah. Um, You can make a complaint with HUD. Yeah. So you have a one year um uh, yes for for HUD. Um, but I mean it's hard for um you know most people, but also like uh get it out, like start talking to people. Like okay. so because social media is is good for that now. Absolutely, right? Like yeah. that's how this um went viral viral is that Paul um was speaking to um you know a reporter here in Marin County and then someone else saw it. Right. So we have to like have these conversations and hopefully um, the more we have these conversations, the more we'll get something actually done about it. Yeah. And you can, that's, that's how you break down systems. Yeah. Yes. We, we want to see policy change when it's absolutely, also, absolutely. Uh, you know, the conversation is being had at so many different levels. I think it will happen. We're hopeful that it will happen. So, Paul, before um, I let you guys go, I want you to um, take a moment to tell us really quickly about um, your nonprofit so that I can link it in my show notes so that, you know, we can get you some traction. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I run a nonprofit called Play Moran. Mm-hmm. It's all about creating more diversity through play and activity. But specifically mm-hmm. here in Moran City, I want to close the activity gap. And so over the years, I've been able to uh, create programs specifically here in Moran City for our students to take part of. We do basketball, track and field girls volleyball, lacrosse, but we do all the outdoor sports, surfing, kayaking, sailing, you name it. I try and make sure that, that these brown and black kids have that opportunity. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, check us out, all the social media. Tell uh, me what they are. Uh, Play Moran, uh, my Trap the Vote team. So Trap the Vote, Moran City Matters. Um, and then you can also just go to the website, uh, playmoran.org. So if they go to playmarin.org, trap the vote, Marin City Matters, all of that stuff is connected there. 
All of us connected. Yes. Okay. Well, look at you guys doing good things in Marin County, Marin City. I'm proud of you guys. I love you. Paul, I love you already. I haven't met you, but if she loves you, I love you because that's how we roll. Naughty girl. (laughs) And uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your very important, busy, fancy viral day to talk to little old me because that's what friends do. Yes. Yes. Thank you for having us. Thank Thank you. you. Love you. Love you too. Absolutely. So friends and kin, today's question is coming from a brother in Seattle. His name is Sean. And let me go ahead. This is very interesting, but um, let me just get into it. So Sean from Seattle says, I've been seeing this young woman for about two months now. She is absolutely gorgeous, stunning, actually smart, funny. I mean, everything is on point. However, why does it always have to be a however, <clears throat> excuse me, or a but anyway, however, being in Seattle, I don't come across black women like her. My issue is the following two things. She loves cooking for me. However, her food is not something I enjoy eating. I do it because I like her. The second is I've noticed a faint stench of body odor. Oh, boy. It has not been all the time, but enough for it to be noticeable. How would you sensitively approach this? I would really like to continue seeing her, but I feel like I am hitting her with two heavy blows and this is going to crush her. Oh, Sean. At the end of the day, those are two heavy blows to hit somebody with. Um, And I know people are probably thinking that I'm just going to say it's all about communication. You need to talk to her. It is. It is about communication. And if you want to have a healthy relationship with this young lady, you are going to have to talk to her about something. However, I am not going to recommend that you talk to her about both of these things right now. Because. If you are telling somebody that they stink, they don't want to, you know, like you don't need to hit them with the and your food is gross too. like you might have to take a L like if you really like her, you know, talk to her about a dinner or food later or be strategic and you start cooking for her or start going out to dinner more or order and take out or cook together, like make meals. That's a way to uh, grow your intimacy by cooking together instead of just saying, Ugh, slam your food nasty. Like, you ain't got to do all that to, to sis. You know, she likes you. Obviously, she likes you if she's cooking for you and she's not a chef or a culinary artiste. So I would say um, to have a conversation with her about the body odor, because that could be a bit much to handle, you know. Um, or who am I to tell you that it's a lot for you to handle? mainly because you wrote it and talk about it. But um, (laughs) I would say pick one of those, focus on that, have a conversation with her. And down the road, if you need to address something else, then that's fine. I personally think that you should have a conversation about the body odor and just wait the uh, cooking thing out. Because like I said, I gave you some suggestions. You could try some different things to get around the cooking thing. You can circumvent that, but 
the body odor thing, it may not go anywhere because nobody's ever told her. So good luck. And I hope that you can really help her because if you smell it, nine times out of 10, somebody else smells it and she may not even know. So good luck with that. I hope that um, your relationship with her works out and I hope that she receives what you are saying to her um, from a not a non-negative place. But also having that conversation with her, please check yourself, check your tone and check your intention and don't go in there being a jackass. Friends and kin, for today's uh, We Got to Do Better segment, I went to one of uh, my Hammy My Purse Bibles, and that is the book Nejma by Naira Wahid. And I'm reading from uh, the book of, no, I'm just joking. Uh, the poem I'm going to read today, it is called The Becoming. And then it says wing next to it. So I don't really know if it's called the becoming wing or if it's called the becoming or if it's called wing. Either way, it's on page 66 of my book. And I love Nayira Wahid. I love her poetry. It is uh, soul engulfing, if you will, like it hits you on the inside. Uh, there's enough talk about it. Let me get right to it. It says, be easy. Take your time. You are coming home to yourself. And this one hit me kind of hard just based on where I am in my life right now. And um, a lot of the work that I'm doing on myself for myself and indirectly for the people around me, but mostly for myself, because if I am not of any good to myself, I will never be of any good to anyone else. But let me read it to you again. Be easy. Take your time. You are coming home to yourself. I love this. I love it. There's not a lot of talking that needs to be done about it because it's pretty self-explanatory. You know, at some point in time, we have to return to ourselves. My therapist, I almost made it through an episode without mentioning her. Never. But she said to me uh, when I was talking to her about... um moving to another country, which will happen one day. But she said, you know, you're going to take yourself with you wherever you go. That hit me. That alone hit me. But when I think about this poem, I think about her telling me that and about how important it is to come home to yourself because you got to come home to yourself and you got to deal with yourself so that you can be better. And so that was my interpretation of it. Be patient with yourself to extend some grace to yourself because slowly but surely you are coming back and returning to yourself to thrive and to bloom and to blossom. So take that and let it sit with you and um, I hope it blesses you. Friends and kin, of course, I want to thank God first because God is supreme. And I recognize and appreciate that the grace that God extends me every single day of my life is not a requirement, not an obligation of God's, but it is grace and mercy. And I am so grateful for those things. I want to thank me because I am amazing. 
And I highly suggest that you start to thank yourself as well. I want to thank all of my listeners for showing up for me. Uh, It's really important. A lesson that I learned when I was in my early 20s. It's important to show up. And I've held that thing close to my chest. It's important to show up for people. And some of you show up every two weeks or not every two weeks, but every first and 15th of of every month for the past year, you have showed up for me and I appreciate it. And even if you just show up every now and again, I appreciate that too. I want you to know that I recognize how important it is that you guys keep showing up for me. And that is why I keep showing up for you. And I will never take that for granted because as I always say, if there were no listeners, I would just be talking to myself and all for not all just to hear myself talk. And I don't really do that. So I appreciate you know that I appreciate you. I love you. And as they say in AA and NA meetings, please keep coming back. Keep coming back. Why do I know that? Not because I've ever been to one of those meetings, but someone has clearly told me about them. Anywho, my darlings, I wanted to let you know about uh, the next episode or the next part in this series. I try to be as vulnerable and open and honest with my listeners as possible. And I have to be really honest with you. Uh, consistency is really important to me. And for the past year, I have been extremely consistent with putting out episodes. However, I have to say that when I said that I was going to put out two episodes in one um, day, not really paying attention to the schedule that I had for the past two weeks and uh, just not giving myself any room to breathe and any room to uh, be successful in my endeavors. I am not necessarily going, I mean, I guess I am going to rescind that statement, but you don't have to wait long for the second part in this series. It is coming very soon. So please make sure that you are paying attention to my social media, mainly my Instagram page, because that's where it goes down. You know how they say it goes down in the DM. It definitely goes down on Instagram and sometimes in my DM too. So I want you to pay attention to my Instagram because that is when you'll find out when the episode is going to be coming out. You won't have to wait long. It won't be a week, but uh, life has been coming at me from many, 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 many different angles. And I was really trying to get them both out, but I was not able to do so. But I do have, of course, you have this episode and within the next seven days, you should be getting uh, the second part of this series and it's already done. I just have to like close up, you know, tidy up a few ends, if you will. And you're going to want to listen to that episode as well, because this episode kind of tells a story like a real life experience that uh, a young black couple had with inequity in housing. And the next conversation is with someone who is doing work to reverse or correct um, the policies and the and just the downright inequities in housing for black and brown people. And she's going to explain a lot of things. She's going to give us a lot of history on it. So please make sure that you show up for that. Um, 
within the next seven days. I, I'm going to say that. And I hope I don't have to go back and say, oopsies. But, you know, at some point, you know, we talk about self-care very clearly here, you know, very freely. And it, it came down to like self-care and I, I, I have to take care of myself or I'm not going to be of any good to you or anybody else. And I want to make sure that I am still showing up for you guys. So I definitely have to uh, space this one out just seven days. So anyway, that's enough about that. Pay attention. Instagram. If you don't know how to follow me on Instagram, I'm going to tell you in about 15 to 20 seconds. So before you exit out of whatever streaming service you are using to listen to this episode, I want you to stop what you're doing. And if you haven't already done so, get to scrolling, scroll up, go click subscribe or click follow. If that's an option in the streaming service where you're listening to this episode. And if you want to get on over to Instagram and follow me, which I would like for you to do, you want to go to at this is where you'll find me at hand me my purse underscore podcast. Again, it's at hand me my purse underscore podcast. You can also follow me on the Twitters at HMMP underscore podcast. And on Facebook, just search hand me my purse podcast. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or Pandora or any other medium that allows you to do so, please take 90 seconds to 120 seconds, which is a minute and a half to two minutes to rate and review the show or give it a thumbs up on, on uh, Pandora. It's a thumbs up. Please be sure to share hand me my purse with your friends, your loved ones, your foes, your lovers, uh, your mistresses, your what's, what's a male version of a mistress, a mister, a mistress. I don't know. You know, is that a thing? Can somebody find that out? I mean, I can just Google it. But if you know, without having to look it up, tell me. It's interesting. But anyway, the best way for people to find out about Hand Me My Purse is by you guys telling them. Word of mouth is really um, my biggest means of promotion. So tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. And if you want to submit a review for the show, that would make me so happy. And your review may be featured on an episode. And uh, I believe that starting the next episode or starting not the next episode, because the next episode will be part two of this series on housing inequity for black and brown people. Um, I want to say starting April the 15th, I'm going to start reading reviews. So please, I would love it if you would go and review the show. That would make me happy. So remember, Subscribe and or follow the show so that you are the first to know when I drop a new episode, which is always the first and 15th of every month. Follow him me, my personal social media, rate and review the show and tell your friends and your kin about the show because sharing is caring and sharing this is free. Show notes will always be available at handmemypurse.buzzsprout.com and I really suggest that you get into the habit of reading the show notes because they have all of the links to the information that I talk about during the show. I want to thank my guests today, Paul and Tanisha Austin. Their story is one of many stories in this country that speak to um, experiences of racism around housing inequity here in this lovely nation. And uh, again, stay tuned for part two of this series. And um, 
I just appreciate you guys. Also, I want to say that the opening and closing music is provided by Baltimore's own Gloomy Tunes. And thank you so much. I want you to submit your questions for the Straight Facts segment. You By now, you should know how to do that. Uh, just send it to hello at handmemypurse.com or send me a DM on Instagram. That's fine. And it may be featured on a future episode or on our social media page. And just an FYI. You can expect a brand new episode of Hand Me My Purse, the podcast, on the 1st and 15th of every single month. So the same way you expected those checks on the 1st and the 15th, early in the morning, you already know your girl is going to have you covered on those days. Again, the 1st and 15th of every month on your podcast streaming services such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. These are for my international friends and kin and anywhere else you may even think that you can find it. Or you can just go straight to my Buzzsprout website and find it there. I look forward to you looking forward to listening. And I'm out this bitch. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.